0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, psychologist, Dr. Katherine Athens, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Today, we focus on the mental health crisis affecting our children. Dr. Athens, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Dr. Athens, I am so glad to have you with us this morning uh, for a very important conversation regarding our youth and mental health. So I understand there is this new report from the Hopeful Futures campaign that has found that U.S. schools are failing when it comes to fighting the mental health crisis in America's youth. What is your reaction to this?
1: I was thinking that I was fortunate because I worked at Juvenile Hall and I worked at the ranch and I worked at California Youth Authority. And so I've always worked with youth. And we need people who have worked and understand youth, who appreciate the whole teenage years and the pre-teenage years to counsel those kids because they're so... They really put you through the test to see if you're real or you're phony. We don't just need mental health counselors. We need people who have a a real heart sense of the teenager and can relate to the woes of being a teenager and all the physical changes in their bodies and all the things they go through, through their identity crises, you know, and all the pressure now that is put on teenagers. is just terrible. Uh, The pressure is disgusting. You know, it was bad when I grew up, but it's so much worse now.
0: I I agree that being a teenager was not necessarily a fun time, but I didn't think it was just devastating where the thought of suicide, I don't think I even was aware of the concept of suicide when I was a teenager, and yet... It's so commonplace now with teenagers and, and even preteens. It's devastating. Is it is it that our world is just too in touch? Is it all the social media, just media in general, that is at the root of this? I think we're all too busy.
1: Social media is definitely playing a part, uh, presenting what you're supposed to be. And when you're young and impressionable and not what they tell you you're supposed to be. There's a real sense of of rejection and not good enough, and why should you continue to live? There's a real sense of that. Plus, I think in our society, where I live, just north of where I live in Palo Alto, several years ago, the children at Gunn High School were throwing themselves in front of the train, the Cal train. There were, I don't know how many deaths there were. It was horrible. And then someone had said, will you go up and counsel the families? And I was going to go do that, and then I realized, no, because those kids were under so much pressure to be perfect by their parents. They never had time just to, like, sit outside and daydream or, you know, Just do nothing. They were constantly barraged with better and better and better and better and achieve more and achieve more. And I realized I wouldn't be nice to those parents. You know, I mean, I can empathize completely. The loss of your child is the worst loss ever. But they push those children uh, into a place where they felt there was no other way to escape the pressure. It was a horrible, horrible time. And I just said, you know what, I'm too angry at those parents to be able to put it aside. I would not be the best counselor for them. So I declined and I thought, well, that's better. So they had to reassess what they were doing in the high school, and talked to the parents. There were lots and lots of meetings and counselings and I just wish they had done that before that happened. My daughter went to a high school, junior high and high, which is a private one, and they were trying to do the same thing there. They were giving the kids so much homework, there was no time on the weekend for anything but homework. And one weekend, my daughter came home crying, and I said, what's wrong? And she said, look at all this homework. So I told her, you go take a bath, and I'll look at it. And I divided it between what I could do and what she could do, and I made a schedule. And there was 72 hours of homework for a 48-hour period if you didn't sleep. So I got it done, I woke her up, she got hers done, and then Monday morning I went and talked to the principal. I said, what are you doing here? These kids are having nervous breakdowns. They're not going to want to go to college. They're not going to want to grow up if this is what being a grown-up is. And luckily for me, the principal took it to heart and he started making a lot less homework. But he looked at me, he said, As bad as it is, there are parents who want more. I said, Well, those parents need to be brought in and counseled because that's child abuse. It's so bad. And to do that, because children need to be able to be with each other and dream or take a walk or go in the forest, you know, take a hike, go to the beach, have their minds free.
0: Have some balance. Some
1: balance, something. So, luckily, I got to the principal and I was very adamant about this never happening again, or else I was going to take action. And luckily, the principal listened. But for those children who saw no other way out, my daughter went to UCLA. She was going to go to Yale, but would have had to compete in the writing program. She said, Mom, I've competed for the last six years. I can't do it anymore. I said, then don't do it. And UCLA, she said, was easier than high school.
0: Oh, oh dear. But you have told us how high school was as intense as it was. So maybe she'd already done the university level at high school.
1: Oh, yeah. was lots and lots and lots of pressure. And it was way too much pressure for the children. And luckily, I went in there and they didn't like to see me.
0: But that is what's needed. And I think then in today's world, I don't know whether parents are necessarily that engaged in the school. Of course, we're in this very strange time or unusual time. But we know we've been hearing through this pandemic about the concerns of mental health with our kids and now parents are, according to this USA Today report, really extremely worried in some cases about their kids' mental health. What kind of light can you shed on that for us, Dr. Athens?
1: Well, first of all, children need each other. They need the socialization of each other and having them sheltered in place for so long during developmental years, arrested development. I mean, bad enough adults here are paranoid, are terrified, but the children don't have experience and the children don't have defense mechanisms developed the way we do as adults. So children didn't get to have that social interaction face-to-face with their peer group, go to dances. I mean, they canceled graduations, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. You work so hard, and you think about going to the prom. They didn't have a prom. You know, standing up and receiving your diploma, they didn't have a graduation. They feel, I have spoken to a few teenagers, they feel cheated out of several years of their teenagehood and they're angry and this is not okay and it's understandable why they feel that way and there isn't enough time and enough trained individuals so they can work those feelings out. So then they turn them inward and make an idea that they're not good enough they're not worthy, which is not true, but those feelings get turned inward and become very destructive. And anger turned inward becomes rage and hatred, self-hatred, and then self-hatred becomes the need for self-elimination. You know, why should I continue to live? So it's prevalence in preteens But don't forget that the whole teenagehood is about the body going through massive changes. The good hormones, the serotonin and the norepinephrine and the dopamines are circulating all over the body to help the body make the change into adulthood. So the brain is not functioning the way it might with some good hormones in there. So that's another huge problem we have with teenagers and their decision to commit suicide. And then we have social media where it's encouraged to commit suicide, and that's very, very, very bad. And there is a sort of a pattern that's acceptable for a girl or a boy And if you don't meet that pattern, well, you know, you're not going to make it. And they really emphasize that. I mean, that's one of the reasons that people have been very angry at Facebook, because that's going on. And some of the ads promote that skinniness, you know. Not everybody is tall and skinny with long legs, you know. And when I was a girl, that was not considered the beauty type the beauty type was Sophia Loren and Elizabeth Taylor who were not tall and skinny so we have this new idea of what's beautiful and most people aren't like that and can never be like that and so what do you do if you can never be like that and you're a teenager and you're not really in your right mind anyway you might want to eliminate yourself because you're not seeing the beauty in who you are Not understanding that all different shapes and sizes are important in life, and all of them are beautiful. They don't get that feedback anywhere. And parents are tired and stressed and financially stressed and trying to take on another job. And then we have these ridiculous prices for food, and so then people are having to choose between what they're going to do. And sometimes parents don't eat, and they need to eat. But the food prices have become ridiculous. So it's a very difficult situation
0: Mm. for
1: everyone. And parents need counseling. Parents need to be given tips on how to talk to your teenager, how to be with your teenager. And I think, Kate, you and I have spoken about this, about projects with the family of maybe doing a, a puzzle on the kitchen table or make having a cookie day and everybody making different kinds of cookies together or planting a garden day where you're doing something and in that doing something, there's a relaxed atmosphere where you can talk about what you're thinking and feeling. And so many people, children and adults, have not been given the opportunity to know themselves to be able to identify what they're thinking and feeling, because they're so rushed and so busy and so stressed. And this is not a good thing, because that leads to impulsivity, which always leads to disaster.
0: So is it coming to the schools to need to have more programs available for the students and maybe also for the parents and maybe even a program that has parents and kids interact in a situation of conversations, of of self-awareness and self-acceptance? Or where does this education happen?
1: I think right at school. I think it's important right at school to have different activities and classes. I mean, even doing some what might seem to be silly little games like Foursquare and working together as a team, teamwork and understanding what happens in that, activities that promote conversation. And then for the parents, I think parents, maybe not at school, but parents need to be able to go somewhere and share their stresses and strains and get some support. And counseling and how do you talk to your teenager well you talk because hopefully you've spent the time from the time your child is a child pardon me in developing a relationship with them where they're willing to tell you the truth where they're not afraid of reprisals where they're not afraid of being judged for their opinions so if that hasn't happened joint activities maybe taking the volleyball net to the park and you know taking a bunch of friends and family and having a barbecue and that will facilitate conversation that will facilitate the dissolving of walls and barriers you know having fun together Right. we don't seem to promote that at all with families
0: you know as we talk about the schools too it just came to mind in a former life. I was a teacher and worked in junior, senior high school and was involved with doing drama and uh, musical productions with the students. And it was the best experience, not just for me, but for the students, because what i found at that time as students were from just the whole gamut of however you say there are different levels. These kids came together, such a diversity of kids, and worked as a team. You were mentioning having team projects. Schools are lacking, I think, right now and that's there have been so many cuts and they don't have these extracurricular programs as part of it. But that would be something, wouldn't it, where you really find the connection between each other and have a great time doing it.
1: It's true. We have something called Peninsula it's a teen theater and they take kids from about nine to sixteen or seventeen and they produce a show and they work on sets together. They I know I used to work backstage and moving things around. But the children work together in a whole different way where there isn't competition, there's cooperation. Mm -hmm. So that you say that, it reminds me of how exciting all the kids were, excited to go and rehearse and be part of that play. You know, they did Mm -hmm. a lot of musicals, and the kids, some of them sang in the chorus, some of them had major parts, but everybody worked together. There wasn't that kind of competition and I think that's vital. I think in the arts, it's so important because that's part of how you learn to be human in mm-hmm. the humanities. And we don't stress the humanities enough now. It's important to read poetry, you know, and to read classic literature and to talk about it because so much of what was said, a hundred or 200 years ago is it, true now about the human condition, but definitely drama. And then there was a movie, I'm not sure what it was called. It was a documentary of schools in New York that started a ballroom dance competition. Yes. Do you mm-hmm. remember
0: that? I remember seeing it. I'm forgetting the name of it, but yes, that was exhilarating.
1: It was so beautiful. It Here, you know, the the kids who had the worst behavior problems gained the most and became the best dancers and worked hardest. And it was so beautiful to watch the transformation. And I think, well, every school needs a ballroom dance (laughs) class where you're taught all these different dances because... What is dancing? It's cooperation on a different level, little mm-hmm. cues and movement, and it's fun. And so shared fun brings a lot of laughter, yes. and laughter brings a sense of well-being. Right. And we don't have that. We don't have that at all. I think in our junior high, we had that when I was going to school, but we didn't have that in My sixth grade class, we had Mrs. Brown, and every Friday we had waltzing lessons. So I brought in my Strauss waltzes, and she taught us all how to waltz. And that was very, very fun. And very funny. (laughs) Because, you know, we were
0: funny. Sure, But there's so much learning that goes on in that, that is just kind of like really at a cellular level, that is so critically important that uh, the parents in that Northern California school where they wanted more homework did not understand that concept of how it's important to just let go and learn some of these other things that are not the academics that really are other parts of ourselves.
1: It's true. It's true. And we need those parts to develop face the stresses in life as we get older Mm -hmm. because those are our resources those good feelings and as you say we learn on a cellular level it's not just cognitive factual learning that's important we become very imbalanced and I see a lot of very very smart people who have a lot of emotional problems because they can't feel and they're afraid Of their feelings and this is something that we can do at schools is to have small groups and say you know let kids express how they're feeling and if they're afraid of their feelings and what are they afraid of I mean some grammar schools start early and they talk about feelings and how to identify what I'm feeling? Because I have adults in my practice, and I say, How are you feeling? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were to guess, how would you say you were feeling? I don't know. You know, where are you? Are you here in your body, or where are you? And a lot of people are cut off. They're cut off from their feelings, and then that leads to imbalance, and that's leads to impulsivity and and again could lead to disaster, this whole suicide, teen suicide, you know, and you are impulsive as a teen, right? That's what you do. That's part of why you need to be protected. People don't understand that brains in humans aren't fully developed till probably the age of 32 and that 21 or 18 is not the time boys brains go from the back to the front he has no ability to access his prefrontal cortex his judgment center he's in his temporal lobe impulsivity you know oh let's do that okay blah 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 he isn't physiologically capable of sitting down and saying hmm What if I did that? What would be the consequence? What if I did this? What would be, you know, things that we do as adults? He wasn't capable. I said, you can't punish him for being 17. You've got to have more compassion. That he's having a hard time. And I think we lack compassion in our society. We don't teach compassion and empathy like we used to.
0: And some of that just naturally begins to happen or we're guided through it when we have these wonderful group experiences, taking, for example, like having the drama club or, you know, the music club where you come together and do a performance together. These kinds of life lessons just kind of get intertwined by the adults who are involved and kids catch on and they do it to support and help each other as well. It's true. It's true.
1: You're right. You're absolutely right. And it's so important. A lot of Hollywood people are making charitable contributions to have drama clubs, to have more music in school. And I'm very impressed to, you know, support children learning how to play an instrument, to support children being in the school band or orchestra, to support... The orchestra performing for the school. A lot of people have stepped up, but to cut that out of our education is wrong. It's not okay to move children around the way we move them around. Children need consistency. They need good boundaries. They need to know that oh, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, and they need to know oh, this person is going to be here looking out for me. Oh, this person is going to let me know. No, you can't do that. It's not safe. That somebody is there who's watching over me so I can relax and be a child. It's terrifying to feel like there's nobody there.
0: Yes. So it does need to begin early and to think for us as the adults and in leadership positions, all of us have a leadership position, to really be proactive and move forward in terms of what is best for our kids at the youngest age.
1: It's so true. We all have a leadership position that's so well said. And I tell people, what kind of impression are you making on children? How are you treating children Treating children with more kindness and more courtesy and understanding that we are the leaders, we are the role models wherever we go, you know, slowing down and stopping for people who are crossing the street, especially paying attention to bicyclers or people who are small people crossing the street. That's our job. That makes a difference. So, we need counseling, we need programs that facilitate communication, self expression, facilitate community, you know, group identity, fun. We need fun. When are the children supposed to have fun?
0: Well, I think what that As you say that, and it captures much of the comments that we made during this conversation, Dr. Athens, on your webpage, because I want to mention this as a, a really important resource where there's so much information, including the books that you've written, which are also great material to help parents and teachers alike. But right on the opening of your webpage, life is meant to be lived in joy. Yes, And I think that's a such an important proclamation, and if we could embrace that, that might really help us to move forward, to keep that in mind as we work and play and live our lives.
1: I believe that. I feel that. I try to live that because there's way too much seriousness and way too little joy. Just the feeling... I tell people, turn your device off, put it in the drawer, and if you can, go outside, if the weather permits, and just feel the weather, feel yourself a part of everything because people feel cut off, and they sit behind that device and play some ridiculous game. It affects their brain. It affects language. People can't even speak a sentence. How are you going to express how you feel? We need to teach people to begin to learn how they feel, to express in words. Words are very, very important. Understanding how we feel. Having fun is so important. So,
0: So yes, so much for us to to learn, to be involved, just to be paying attention, and going back to that leadership, each of us being a leader and finding the joy, right? That's it. Yes. Yes. Being a
1: leader and finding the joy. There's joy in walking. How about skipping? How about hopping? How about making noises when you do that? Being silly. Those kinds of little things don't cost anything, And they make a world of difference if people can relax. If children can relax and be children, and then we can address the teenagers and understand they're going through a lot and relate to them that way and support them. So they're willing to tell us what's going on.
0: Yes, so key. Well, Dr. Athens, as always, I just so appreciate your insights and your life experience and wisdom to get us thinking and acting on that thinking. So let's mention that they can learn more about you. Learn about Dr. Catherine Athens at CatherineAthensPhD.com.
1: Yes, and the last name is Catherine with a C, C C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, and last name is A-T-H-A-N-S-P-H-D, all one word, dot com. Thank you for mentioning that. Please come to my website. It has my email address, my phone number. I always invite people to call me. You know, if you're in trouble and you need someone to talk to, call me. I'll call you back if I don't answer the phone. And if you need a, a three or four or five minutes of a pep talk, I'm here. And just start coming back to yourself, understanding that within you, you have everything it takes to be successful and to have more joy in your life and to be with your kids, be with your teenagers in a different way. You know, maybe you put those croquet hoops up in the backyard and you play a silly game like croquet and how fun it is where you start facilitating activity and then communication.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, many thanks and the great gifts that you've offered by being with us this morning and sharing these ideas. I truly appreciate you and them.
1: And I'm sending my best thoughts to everybody. And everybody is needed here on Earth. Everyone is important. Everyone has a unique place here in the tapestry of humanity, right?
0: Exactly. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Catherine Athens and Sunday Morning Magazine with David S. Rudolph. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of realizing we have what we need to create a healthy life and build a just world. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 1069. Good morning.